This episode of the Comets Podcast is brought to you by none other than Huntington University. I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. Huntington University, they're the ones that make this podcast happen each and every week. So make sure you're supporting them any way you can. But if you're a Comet season ticket holder, you can take advantage of 25% off all tuition at Huntington University. So now that we got that taken care of, you know what to do. Let's listen to the show. Pitter-patter, let's get at her, as they say in Leonard Kenny, Ontario. It is I, Shane Alberani, here to bring you yet another episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. And this week on the show, I gotta say, one of my favorites so far, no offense to anybody else, but this one is kind of special. Randy Gazzola is here today on this show, and we had a good time, and it was such a good time, I think we might have to do it again. So, uh, calling my shot here. This is a great episode. Glad you are with us. So, let's get at it. Here is Randy Gazzola. All right, Randy Gazzola, I, you're one of my favorite players because I love your name because it sounds like you could be a character in The Sopranos. <laughs> the first time I've heard that, but no, that's uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you know what? With my last name, I don't. It's it's amazing the uh, pronunciations I get with Gazzola. It's uh, yeah. Sometimes I've gotten Gonzalez. I've gotten. Yeah you, yeah, you have no idea what I've Gonzalo and it's then it comes down to spelling the one sometimes one Z or one Z as you as the Americans call it and two L's it's I'm a, it's a nightmare so <laughs> I feel your pain my last name's Alberani I can't tell you how yeah. many generations there are of that but that's <laughs> yeah. weird because oh that seems to be pretty easy that's kind of odd that uh, that uh, you'd think that but it gets it gets mixed up pretty pretty often so. I know I've done it. I was spelling your name. I know I put two L's in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it also sounds like Italian food. It's like I'll have the uh, lasagna and a gazola. It sounds. Yeah, no, it's uh, sometimes I always get when people are watching uh, uh, the one TV show. What is it? That's how I met your mother. And they always yeah. gazola's pizza as they go to Chicago. Oh. To get it. Yeah, I get, I get that text the oftentimes like, hey, this gazola's pizza. Yes, I know. <laughs> So are you Italian? Yes, very much yeah, so. I'm so. Italian. Yeah. I assume uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, in the process of getting my, my citizenship actually. And um, last year I played over in Italy and it's the first time I was over in Europe and uh, where I played, I lived about an hour and a half away from my, my Italian family. That's how there was the, my great grandfather came to Canada with two other brothers, and then there was yeah. three brothers that stayed there. So I got half the gazolas in Italy and half the gazolas in Canada. So oh, that's cool. So you actually you played in a town near the family in Italy. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I got to uh, got to meet majority of the family, and it's it's funny when I walked in, when I first met them. They all kind of pointed their fingers at me and oh Gazzola oh yeah he looks like Gazzola and it was it was funny because it's just it's the first time I got to meet them because only about maybe two of them have actually made the trip over to Canada so but uh you could definitely see I see pictures some some like look exactly like my dad some look like my my uncles and it's just like okay yeah this is definitely Gazzola 
So. That's great because yeah, I mean, uh, everyone in my family, you can tell that uh, they're they're we're all related. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so what was it like playing in Italy? Uh, I mean, not exactly. You think of hockey, you think of Italy, but you think of you probably you probably ate very well while you were over there. <laughs> very very well, too much too well sometimes. <laughs> um, it was honestly phenomenal life experience. I uh, I went over with my wife and uh, she got to stay and. I lived in this little Italian village uh, north of Bolzano called Ritten Renown. And I walked out and I looked at the Dolomite Mountains. And if anybody has a chance, look up the Dolomite Mountains. When you think of Italy, you think of Rome and, and, and Naples and Positano. Um, but the Italian Alps is you know, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the world. They're, my uh, little village I lived in, you could take a ski lift from where I lived about 10 minutes up and you could walk another 45 minutes to the top of the mountain uh, where I was. And you could see all the way to the Austrian Alps. You could see to Venice on a clear day. It was, it was, it was unbelievable, but just the lifestyle. Like when I, uh, when I had to, when I say I had to adjust, it was crazy because <laughs> we had the, grocery store was open from eight to 12 and then <laughs> they'd take a three hour siesta and it'd be from three to six. And if you didn't, right. If you didn't pick up your food and nothing was open on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so you really had to learn to, to plan. So when I first got there and I, I lived, I had two American friends uh, that played on the team with me too. And it was, it was an adjustment for us to start to say the least. And, <laughs> But um, yeah, when you think of Italy, you don't really think of hockey. Uh, for me, growing up Italian, it was always a dream of mine to go back overseas and yeah. play in Italy. And um, yeah, it was just it was it was pretty cool. But yeah, I got the opportunity to, to do it, and um, it definitely was uh, something I'll never forget. And actually where i was is you wouldn't think about this but we were uh in a german-speaking community so it, we oh, were surrounded wow. by the italian alps and the primary language of the town was was german and <laughs> it wasn't like specific german it was a dialect of german yeah. that they only spoke in this little pocket of the world and um so yeah it was it was cool so it's like you know i i've played in uh i'm an english guy i played in french community so i was able yeah. to pick up french here and there but german no chance no <laughs> chance to to learn anything and but you know we had a good group of guys we had a canadian guy who was uh, 42 years old he just retired this year his name was dan tudin and he married an italian girl there has two kids and um he was just a great guy to play with but um it was good to get to know him and uh, you know just he's been there for 15 years and he played on that team for so long it was um he kind of showed us the ropes when we first got there but um definitely something when my hockey career is um on the downslope i'll definitely uh, finish off over there because it's just the lifestyle the people um it was just a great experience and um yeah i definitely see myself there when it's all said and done or heading heading that way so yeah you could see where that guy stayed there for that long i mean the, what you're what you're describing is just you know idyllic oh yeah and then you know what just for me too it's the the different foods and and um you know that the, the 
thing about European hockey, it's it's definitely different. There's an adjustment, yeah. the Olympic ice, and um, but we had international breaks too that we'd go on. So I was uh, beginning of November, me and my wife, and uh, actually Matt Lane, who plays on Tulsa now, him yeah. and he, his fiance, we went down to uh, Positano in the Amalfi coast and for five days just in the middle of november and we're sitting on the beach there going you know what that's this is not so bad <laughs> it's it's just like oh this is uh definitely a, a, a different change um but yeah it was uh i could talk for days about my experience there and um just the the different style of hockey and yeah. uh yeah and that's I mean that's terrific. We, we had uh, uh, Brad Ross, who was on the team last year, did something similar when he went and played in Europe. He played near a town where his grandmother grew up, and that's where he he got to go back and see every like his family had never met, just like what you did. I and mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing because now it's even I you know I'm texting them like I it's funny all of my older relatives they don't speak much. Yeah. They don't speak English, let's put it that way. And the younger generation does speak English very well. So, you know, I, I my one uncle there spoke uh, Dutch, Spanish, Italian, and French. So I could speak French with him. My wife is, uh, is her family's from South America. So she could speak Spanish with him and we would speak English with the younger, uh, <laughs> the younger, so... And then my Italian got better and better because I, I made an attempt to learn it. And then we had, we did have some Italian guys on our team that would help me out. But um, besides that, it was, it was definitely weird. But for me, I don't really get culture shocks. Right. I mean, I, I've played, I've played in French communities. I've played in it, it, all around the world, I guess. And it's just, it, it for me, it, it doesn't bother me to be in that yeah. situation where you're the only English speaking guy and you just kind of have to, learn to, to live with it so i yeah <laughs> so did you say it was it was your dad first in canada is that what you said or was it your grandfather who was the first one my, gr- my grandfather yeah he came in oh, early on my great-grandfather was in the 20s and then my grandfather came in the 50s okay yeah yeah, my dad came over in the fifties too. So I'm I'm like I'm first generation. So it's like I, okay. When I hear about that, it's really cool. That uh... yeah, it's 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 awesome. And for me too, I'm I'm going through the immigration process. Yeah. I've uh, really started to un, you know, uncover some of the uh, family trees, and yeah, it, 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 it's pretty cool to see like, and all the paperwork is all from the twenties is getting messed up because back then you, you know you just would come to Canada and they'd say oh yeah this is my sister and it was no this was actually my wife that I'm trying to sneak into the country and <laughs> and I'm having a nightmare because the, the names are misspelled or they have a different name and it's just yeah. like oh my god the birth dates are wrong it's just like this is this, this is yeah. a nightmare but we, we got things sorted out yeah uh, my family's from Iraq and they didn't celebrate birthdays so when my dad oh, wow. came over what's your birthday he just picked a date yeah he, December 28th. That was, that was the day he celebrated his birthday. He has no idea when he was born. Yeah. That's uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is a, so yeah. how did, so what was the, I mean, why Canada? Why did, why did grandpa come to Canada? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I could, I could tell you on my mom's side why they came to, to Canada, but, <laughs> but, but on, they just almost like they, 
I'll hear more Italian people because where I where I live in uh, Thorold, Ontario, yeah. it's really close to where uh, Benny's from, St. Catharines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, a large uh, Italian community. So it, for me, my best guess could be that they had friends there that would come, or we're going to go here. Or there was a job at the the St. Lawrence Seaway where my dad happens to work now with the canal that connects Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. So my grandfather and my uncle worked there and my other uncle worked in the uh, machine shop. So I was kind of like, okay, here's three jobs and sure enough, let's take it. So I don't know. That could be my guess. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. That's that's an awesome story. I love to hear things like that. And uh, so you, you grew up in Canada. You got to the University of New Brunswick, where apparently half of our team goes or went to uh, because we had some type of pipeline from the yeah. University of New Brunswick. So so what is the appeal of that school for you guys? What's what's the, the big thing? It's uh, it's got a in Canada. And I know a lot of Americans don't really understand the Canadian University ranks or if they yeah and and the way kind of hockey works in Canada is if kind of the traditional routes and I'm sure some of your listeners know is you go the NCAA or major junior or the OHL in Canada Um, I mean depending on how much time you have I could go back and and explain to you how a kid from Ontario ended up (laughs) in the queue but um but yeah, like for me, I went to uh, San Jose Shark training camp after my 20-year-old year in the queue. And um, what I decided, I, got, I had an American League deal and I said, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of my school package that I received from the CHL. And um, University of New Brunswick has a tradition of winning national championships. So the appeal for me was to the opportunity to win and to also continue to play after university yeah so the canadian university ranks is really really i'd say it's the best kept secret in hockey that that because you get you get good good players from that league that come out and um i mean you could see it with the quality of players that have came from that and even look at a guy like stephen harper too who has played in acadia who Yeah, like for, for us, we, we choose to go to university. So, and there's a lot more guys um, turning 20 in the major junior and going to Canadian university. And yeah, just the tradition, the coach does a good job with the program. And, you know, when I went, I've medaled five years in a row at nationals, three national championships, and um, they just bring in the right people and, and, establish that culture of of winning and um you know when you go in there you you he doesn't promise you anything doesn't promise you ice time you you earn everything you get and i think uh i grew more as a person to be honest with you going there than as a hockey player um for me i graduated actually in three years and then i decided to go back and get my master's oh wow Uh, yeah because you played five years yeah, yeah, no, I uh, I had the opportunity. I mean, we get calls every year to leave uh, yeah. university, oh, yeah. and it was it was just one of those things where I decided and where I wanted to stay and pursue a master's degree. And when I was finished there, I decided to jump on and uh, go on a little bit of a playoff run with Toledo, and that was two years ago. 
and yeah so it yeah it's, it doesn't surprise me that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll discuss that later but um yeah no it's just there's a big appeal um for umb at the time for me i mean i talked to pretty much every university in the country with the exception of the canada west so canada west divisions they they mainly recruit from the whl um, but anywhere in ontario usually they gave me a call. I had a good 20-year-old year, so it was uh, very fortunate to get those calls. But the University of Brun- New Brunswick just kind of sold me, and it uh, didn't disappoint, that's for sure. So what's that What's that master's degree in? Business. Got me MBA. Yeah? So what are you going to do with that? <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you don't have to work on Lake Ontario, I'm guessing. Like, uh... <laughs> no. 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 I, uh, I'll definitely – I know I can make more money – um, with my brain than playing hockey. So. <laughs> oh, we're glad you're still playing, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it now. I keep telling my wife, you know, I went to school for five years, so, you know, I, I at least got five years left in me. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, uh, I mean that, you, you, I mean, you, you're taken care of I mean, You got a master's degree. I mean, you got it all set up so you can keep on playing until you, to, to, you, you know, so you're not going to do it anymore. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how long I can pursue it or maybe I'll have to go over to Europe a little bit earlier. Cause she really <laughs> enjoyed the Italian lifestyle. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you get, I mean, you get, some, you know, back when I was a kid, you had guys who, you know, who just played, kept playing and playing. That's all they knew what to do. They didn't have, really have a backup plan, but you see so many players now like retire early, you know, like, like Mason Berg, who was supposed to be on the team this year, he got a job, but he had his degree and he decided to retire. So you don't, so you see that more often, but it's cool that you're all set up, man. You can just keep on playing to just, just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, until my body, uh, my body feels pretty well this uh, extra time <laughs> off with the pandemic definitely uh, allowed it to to fully heal and maybe correct some things that if I had problems with but uh yeah for sure it's uh you know and you the thing is too after I graduated from UMB I still get job offers from alumni and stuff and that it's one of those things where you know what I still love love playing it's still fun to come to the rink and um, but no, I'm definitely glad I decided to go to school, uh, right after, and I'm definitely a, a different player. Don't get me wrong to a yeah. more mature player and, um, and understand the game a bit better than when I was 21 years old. So I'm definitely happy. I went to school. Yeah. It's for weird. As long you know, as I did. Yeah. I mean, you guys are considered rookies. I mean, it's, you know, 26, 27 years old. It's, it's, weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's definitely weird for, for sure. But technically this is, I mean, my last year at UMB, I think with playoffs with Toledo, I played more games in Toledo because I broke my hand to start my fifth year. Yeah. So I only got in about 30 games. And I think I played 34 games when it's all said and done with Toledo or 32. So it was, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, but they're all in playoffs. So I was, and it's like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's good, man. It sounds like you're having a good time. So you're one yeah, of, are you the only married guy on the team. Are, are, are you oh a, God, no, no. Oh, uh, Matthew Brodeur. Okay. Uh, a- Jenksy's. Oh, that's right. Uh, AJ's, that's right. Like, again, I don't get to hang out with you guys. So I don't. I don't yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm not sure if, I'm trying to think. I, I have to look at the roster. That's I have to go around around the around the uh, room in my head, and yeah. but I know those two guys for sure. Yeah. So when did you get married? How long uh, have you and the missus been together? 
uh this past summer actually we were oh. uh this is this was our original date but with the pandemic we did a little backyard right. wedding it was about 30 20 30 people um and then we are we're supposed to have our our big party or big reception this summer but we actually just pushed it back actually i just got the contract sent to me today oh. <laughs> to renew it but um we'll see what happens if hopefully things open up in Canada yeah. that time. Yeah. So, so how was, yeah. How was that like? I mean, you guys, I mean, a wedding obviously is a lot goes into it and you throw in the pandemic. I mean, what, what did you guys do? I mean, you pushed it up obviously, but you guys had everything set and ready to go and then you had to change everything. So once I came back from Toledo, I came back June 9th because that's the day I proposed to my girlfriend at the time oh so you wasted no time <laughs> no no i i jumped i flew back from to new brunswick drove my truck 14 hours and got down on one knee when i seen her and then the only reason i remember that because i was leaving august 15th so we've actually planned and and put down deposits and planned the yeah. whole wedding before we left for italy oh okay and then yeah so then i got to italy and then when I was in Italy, I, it was, I mean, this whole pandemic was crazy, but it, you know, at the start of it, it was China, Italy, and there was another country. That's right. That, yeah, Italy was bad. Yeah. Italy was the uh, quote unquote hotspot. I kept getting texts from right. people. So we played, we were supposed to start up our playoff series on the Friday, Saturday. Um, our coach came in on the Thursday and said, um, first four games are canceled we'll we'll reevaluate on monday if we're going to move forward so okay sure enough we so we go friday saturday we're just kind of hanging out nothing really can go on sunday that we get kind of word okay guys this might not happen monday we go to practice and they go yeah i don't think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna might be delayed for two weeks tuesday yeah we're canceling the whole season Tuesday night, I'm not, I'm at my friend's barbecue. And Dan, the guy, the Canadian guy, we were having a barbecue because we were gonna leave. And then all of a sudden, it's I get a call. Yeah, you're you gotta be in a in a shuttle going from Italy to Austria to Germany to to fly out of Germany because they weren't right flying out from Italy. And it was just like this is what is going on? Like this this should blow over in two weeks. And two what? years later, we're still. Right. Still dealing with it, but it was honestly. I just looked at my wife. I go, I couldn't imagine when my my grandparents fled from the wars, and they. I'm just like, and and it's different too in Europe. When you go uh, country to country, it's like going state to state. Yeah, it's not like crossing the Canadian border here, right? So we pulled up to the Austrian border, and they said it was going to be, it was going to be closed. We thought to ourselves, okay, this is going to be high security. Now, where's your passports? Took our passport two minutes later. I go, this is easier than getting to the U.S., right? And it was just, it was crazy just getting back and the flights. We were fortunate that our team was really, really good that helped us out. But it was was a scary time. So we landed in March 12th and then March 14th, the Canadian government, shut everything down and if you come in you got to quarantine for 14 days we quarantined for 14 days but you know we were walking around and just kind of on our own and i looked at her i go i have a feeling this is not going to be right yeah you know what we should we should just postpone 
yeah regardless and she's just like yeah you know what we'll, we'll call everybody see if that's okay and sure enough everybody's just like yeah it's a good idea it's a good idea and we had some vendors go you know what just stick it out and we're just like no no we want to wait we want to wait and it was it took it took us about a week to to realize like you know what it's probably best that we postpone everything and yeah yeah you gotta add a little back backyard wedding that you said yeah my parents backyard and we were we were happy we got to do that um for sure well you see it probably saved a lot of money i'm guessing (laughs) yeah i know but i'm still out a couple grand (laughs) with all the deposits i put down so but that's all right i mean at the end of the day we just want to have something where we can celebrate i think it's going to be more of a it's not going to be a wedding reception it's just going to be a big big party that everybody can can out and we don't have to social distance and people could dance. And I think it's going to be one of those revelations where it's just like the world's back to normal. So So how involved with the wedding planning were you? Like, uh, did she give you any say in anything? I mean, before. Yeah, she was, she was pretty good. Um, (laughs) I, I, for me, I kept telling myself, I kept telling her it's your day. Don't, you know, make it whatever you want. Um, I definitely said, you know, we have a budget and we should definitely, (laughs) we should stay within it, somewhat within it. But of course, some things we just can't, can't live without. But, but, you know, it was, uh, it was fun. But once we, we, we thought we had it all planned out and um, just, yeah, make adjustments on the fly now. And now she's at the point where if it gets canceled again, we're not, you're not doing this. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, I mean, so. the hard part's done legally. You guys are already together and uh, you'll yeah, exactly. done, you know, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. so um, she's from South America. You said that. Yeah. Her family immigrated to South America in 1992 and, I joke with her. She's she was born in '93, same year as me, as a celebratory baby. <laughs> so originally from Uruguay, her parents are from. Yeah, I'm expecting a baby boom after all this. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where did you guys meet? That's kind of she, uh, she. She was in Canada too, so she South America to Canada. Yeah, she's from. Uh, she was born in Canada. She was went to high school with her actually, and um, we didn't start dating in high well a little bit after high school but um i mean as a uh, junior hockey player in canada i don't necessarily grow up in the same community right oh right you know right so i i was in halifax then i was in Valdor, and then i i mean if you look at my hockey lineage it's it's a long one so and then i was in trenton and so i never was really home i was only really home for the summers so um so she was from yeah. your hometown like were you yeah yeah Ontario, she was essentially junior towns okay yeah very very close not from a junior town so i've known her for a while oh lovely that's nice see yeah. <laughs> man you're living the dream man you're playing hockey you got a new wife you got a, a master's degree we're all very envious of randy yeah i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> Uh, so uh uh so what is so is your wife with you is she able no, she's, to, yeah no she's not she's uh we thought she was going to be able to come down and visit for a bit but we were hoping that the borders were going to open up but uh no she's a dental hygienist she's working back in in our hometown and keeping busy that's all all she really can do and hockey um, player dental hygienist yeah that's good. yeah i'm uh 
I'm the fortunate one. I'm here by myself. My room, uh, my roommates with uh, Brandon Hawkins, so I get the whole place to myself. Oh, yeah, so you're, you're, oh man, you are seriously loving it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Brandon left, and you know he left, and I said, "What about all your food?" And he said, "Oh, just eat it." And so I'm eating for free, and. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's up. Zola. Wow. Yeah, he's he's up in Rochester now, and you know, I had so. uh, had him on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was yeah. actually nice enough. He says, "Well, because he he did it from his car," and he's like, "Well, Randy's having a, taking a nap." So yeah, like, look how nice <laughs> you are. Look at that. Yeah, I usually come home after practice, have have lunch, and then he goes in his room and and hangs out, and I usually end up falling asleep on the couch just <laughs> well in italy i, guess, I mean you you learned to take naps right <laughs> exactly i learned i learned it from the best so it's just it's in my blood to, to take a afternoon nap so um yeah well you know and you know what i when, when you get to this point of the season two we're playing these four and fives three and threes oh, yeah. it, it, it oh and you know what it just it wears you out pretty good so the more sleep that you can get a little nap here or there it's uh definitely gonna help in the end so yeah. i'm not um, a napper i've never been able to do that but i'll tell you what the best napper in the whole world is ben boudreau i've never yeah. seen who could fall asleep I mean, when he says i'm going to go to sleep i'm going to take a nap within two minutes he is out i have never seen anything like it <laughs> yeah he does he does enjoy a good nap uh he, he's always he's asking me what do you do for pregame i well see i never used to nap though when i was in junior or right. even in university i just I never did. And then once I got to pro hockey, it got to the point where it's like, Oh my God, I got lots of time to, to sit around and just, okay. And I got to really have the energy for the game later if we're playing so often. And I just, I'm slowly, slowly developing the habit of napping and yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Well, I mean, I'll take advantage of it while I'm alone. So right, well, exactly, man. You got a quiet, a quiet apartment and free food, and oh. yeah, it's, you can't complain whatsoever. So <laughs> living the dream, love it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're another guy I'm going to have to bribe to stay in Fort Wayne. I mean, you signed with Toledo, and now don't know how that all works out, but you know what? We're we're hoping that you love it here, and so because it's going to be weird. I, I talked to Hawk about that. It's like you know how weird that's going to be to see you guys over there if that comes to pass next year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely weird. Once I did see the that our rights were going back, I I understood it, but at the same time, it was kind of it was it's just it's just different. It's it's a different year all around, so you didn't really know what to expect and. Um, yeah, I mean, so far I've been very enjoyed my time in Fort Wayne. Um, I enjoyed my time in Toledo. Don't get me wrong. I know all the Comet fans probably don't like to hear that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens for me. Um, again, Hawks too. We haven't, uh, we've talked about it here and there, kind of what you, what, what are the plans or what you want to do? And, um, we'll see. I, I, it's something that let's worry about this year first and, and bring a championship to Fort Wayne. And then, and then we'll make our decisions there because it's season's going fast. Decision doesn't have to be made for another two months or three months or whatever until October. So um, yeah, for me, I'm not definitely not closing a door on one place and opening it on another. And Again, it's uh, it's definitely a good team we've assembled here, and 
you know, bringing a championship definitely helps too. Right. So that's right. That's right. So, so you signed with Toledo and then everything, you know, kind of went nuts. So, I mean, what was that kind of time? Like, you know, when Toledo said, Oh, we're not going to play, you know, so you were in limbo. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking I was going to go back to Europe and I wanted to go back to Italy because in order for me to play for the national team over there, I have to have 18 months consecutive on a, on an Italian team's roster plus your passport. So there's requirements you need. So that was my goal was to play more, but because of the pandemic, the, the way that the European um, hockey system works, it's, not necessarily when you're when you're in North America, the guys in the NHL make the most money. The guys in the AHL make second most. Then East Coast and whatever over there, it's very sponsor based. Right. So you could be in the second tier Italian league and make more money than a guy playing in the top league in uh, Germany. Yeah. It just it it doesn't matter. It's all it's based off of what the sponsors can pay you and how much money. So if you have a team that's really sponsor based, you can actually pay players a lot more money. There's no budget. There's no okay. union. Right. So you see a lot of guys go over there and play in lower leagues than they're probably capable of. Right. But I guarantee you, they're making a, a lot more money than than guys in in higher leagues. And that's just that's just what happens. Right. So, um, yeah. So my initial plan was to go over to Europe and, um, the reality of it is all the sponsors pulled out and I had my pay, uh, my, my, uh, salary actually cut this past year yeah. or from, from my team. And, um, so it was just like for them not having fans is, is one challenge, but when the sponsors cut, it's another ball game because that's their major income yeah so i uh there's just no contracts to the point where it's just like you know what and then to me getting home so early i started training when i was in april and, and i was kind of thinking of it too the it's a good it's a good hockey league but i still had that competitive edge to to maybe move on in hockey or you know play a couple games in the american hockey league sure. or um, so I kind of discussed it with my wife kind of before I signed, it's like, you know what, I might want to come back to North America. Like, you know, I still have that, that fire to, and that desire to, to move up or, you know, play or really, really prove what I can do. Right. Cause I still had that belief that I could be a top player in right. the East coast or play in the American hockey league as a full-time player. And, um, so anyways, I, I got around August and I was talking to my agent and it was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to come back, um, establish a bit more of a resume and then head back over to Europe when the time's right. So for me, that was, uh, made that decision in end of August. I signed in Toledo, not shortly thereafter, after talking to uh, Dan Watson, their head coach, just kind of about the team and what they were bringing and then i had two guys i was training with too uh sign in uh toledo and um it was like okay i convinced them to go to toledo and then <laughs> all you know two months later i'm signing back in toledo and it was just kind of one of those things where okay and then you know why I, I honestly thought we were going to play it was yeah. honestly down to the last friday and then i had a 
offer to go play in Denmark um, up until, and honestly, what, what probably what happened was there was a little bit of delay with my visa and Benny got on the phone quick enough to give me a call and no word of a lie. That was the Friday. Yeah. It got delayed over the weekend and Benny gave me the call, I think the Tuesday and it was just like, you know what? Okay. I'll, yeah. yeah. Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne sounds like a good spot. Good team. I mean, I know half the guys on the team. So that's, right, I, got, right. I got, I got the call from, from Bowden's. I got the call from, uh, from Janksy. Um, you know, so I played with Janks in Toledo. I played with every single UMB guy. Oliver Gallopo was my 16 year old in yeah. Valdor. Um, I mean, I played against Marco Wa for a long time. I've played, uh, do you go through the roster? Well, did, like, you played with Murphy, right? And then you guys were traded for each other too, right? Yeah. So back in, uh, <laughs> oh my God, I got too many, too many stories about Murph. Oh. <laughs> he's just, he's a funny dude. And so Murph was in Valdoras in Halifax. We both got long story short. We both got traded for each other, um, in the Quebec league. And I went to Valdor. He went to Halifax. They went on, won a Memorial cup. And then the next year, we uh, in Valdor, that's when Oliver's uh, Gallopo's first year, we were supposed to do very well. Um, we ended up winning the President's Cup, which is in going to the Memorial Cup. Yeah. And um, from there, I went to uh, UMB. And then two years later, uh, lo and behold, my good buddy, Matt Murphy, I'm sitting <laughs> beside him in the dressing room. And then... Uh, me and Murph were D partners for for yeah. two, three years too. So um, when he when all of a sudden he came to Fort Wayne and they put us together, just like, oh, have you guys played together? I'm just like, yeah, we have a little bit of a chemistry <laughs> together. Like we've played together, so it's not like we're making up those plays or we've done them a hundred times. And we know our strength. I know he skates better better than probably any any defenseman in the league, right? So. He usually just gives me the puck and I just hold it, hold it, hold it. And then let him take off. And I try to put it on a stick as fast as I can. And he's in full stride. So we've, we've done that many times, especially at UMB where off a neutral zone face off D to D win. And I just hold it, hold it, hold it, suck everybody <laughs> back in and then try to put one on his tape at the far blue line. And <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the assist machine. And when you, I mean, it took you a while for you to get your first goal. And I was like, when I looked at the sheet after you scored, it's like that, well, that's his first goal. That's okay. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm used to that. I like to facilitate and make passes. And um, for me too, a lot of the times I'm, it might not look like it, but I don't shoot to score from the point. Right. right. Especially on the, on the power play. If when you have a guy like AJ in front that could tip the puck as well as he does, I'm not looking to blast it by his ears and put one over the net, especially if I have my head up and I can make a clear um, wrist shot to either side of his body. I mean, I definitely do try to put it high enough that if he misses the tip, it, it there's a potential for it to go in. Yeah. But also you want to make the pucks tippable and to a certain side of his body um, where he's, he's able to make the play. But, at the same time, too, like I think I like to create my offense organically. 
So I'm not going to rush the puck end to end or go out of my way to, if there's an opportunity to jump in, I will. But I like to think if, if I'm going to get my offense, it's going to be from making a good first pass out of the zone or, um, you know, getting pucks through or from the blue line, making, creating my offense. Right. So, and I know my strengths, I, uh, my skating has gotten better, but not too much over the years. So I, I do understand that I got to think my way around the, the ice. And um, yeah, for me, it's just being patient with the puck and, and making those passes that I think. And when you play with good players, don't get me wrong. Like I'm the beneficiary of, of Brandon Hawkins shot. Don't get right. me wrong. Like, but at the same time, someone's got to get him the puck quick yeah. enough or at the right time or, or put it on a tee for him to be able to, to shoot that puck as well as he does. I mean, yeah. I, I just tell him, I go, you, you're shooting. I'll pass it as much as you want. <laughs> I just, right. don't worry. Just, just try to get open. If you're not o- open, I, I'll try to get it to your stick. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, the assist machine, but I just, I just, you know what, that that's all that matters. you guys, you guys think about that more than I do. That's right. I mean, I that's can, right. Yeah. That's it, it, people will be like, that's your first goal. And I'm just like, uh, I don't. It doesn't. I don't care. <laughs> did, did we win? Did we win? Right. right did we right. win? Yeah. You know. Did we win? So um, there's definitely an approach to my offense that. Um, but I've you know just you know I used to play forward a bit when I was younger, so the the offense kind of comes naturally to me. But I like to find that you know when you get guys moving, or I do find when I do get the puck in my head up, I do find guys take off. They're more prone to take off and just get into that position. So you, you know, that leads to breakaway passes or for me, I just have to put it into an area and a guy can skate into it and that gives them a good opportunity to, to score. So. Well, I keep, like I said, I don't see you guys that often. So it's like when we went down to South Carolina and Alex DeBow was the goaltender who just stoned us for two days in a row, you know, yeah. and, and another UMB guy. Exactly. I'm like half his teammates are on the other side. I'm like, what were those discussions like during the game? <laughs> oh man. I just, I, I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk to him beforehand. I talked to him after the three games because I, uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Cause he, I'm just like, you know what? We're down here for business. And stuff. Right, exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. I, and, and you know what? I've known Alex for, I played with him for four years and talk about a guy who he, he can get up for those big games. And the fact that he had so many, don't get me wrong. He's a great goalie. I right. mean, Fort Wayne's seen that. Oh, we had him for a brief time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a great goalie, but he's the type of guy too, that would, he's able to get up and perform in those, Oh, I got four, but I can't let them beat, beat right. sort of thing. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 So like, I, I mean, I had a, on the, our first goal in the third game, it was uh cotton sifted, chipped it back to me and I took a slap shot and I, I thought I scored Hawks tipped it. Of course it's a hot stick. Right. right? So, <laughs> I thought I scored. Then he texted me after the game. Wow, hell, great shot, great shot. And I'm just like, yeah, how you doing, sort of thing. And yeah. I'm just like, I knew you'd come up big, <laughs> big uh, against us, right? You wouldn't let us score. So, anyways, no, he's a he's a great goalie. He's done very, very well for himself. And 
like I said, Fort Wayne fans were fortunate to, to have him and see him play. But, um, yeah, I guess that's, so that's the only time you've been down is to South Carolina to watch us. Uh, no, no, I, I uh, actually, I drive. I, I, wherever you guys go, I'm oh, okay. Yeah. With the exception of, we, I went to Wheeling the first, uh, the first trip, um, the first two games, but then I've only, uh, I do the remote setup just from Wheeling, but everywhere else I've been, I just, since we've been to Indy so much, it's an hour and 45 minutes door to door. So it's not that big of a deal. And I've actually enjoyed it because I don't have to wait for the bus. I'm out of there yeah. <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. You're probably home before, uh, guys get unchanged or, yeah, waiting around. Justin Vive likes to sit in his uh, sit in his equipment after the games a lot, so we're always usually waiting on him. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's. I mean, it's actually it's been different. I mean, I don't exactly miss the bus per se because it's not exactly the most comfortable thing in the world. But you know, you miss hanging out with you guys, and it's like I never get to talk to anyone. I don't get to hear those stories or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean when you have an interview like this the first time. Right. You're you're really talking to me, whereas before, if we can develop something, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I can understand from your point of view. You can gain some tip tidbits and just, right. uh, you know, well, let's have this talking point or that talking point, but. Uh, yeah. actually, I just like to just hear stories and then bring them up on this podcast when you're not expecting them. I've yeah. had a couple of guys like Sid, you know, I've, he's been around forever. So any type of story that I could just throw at him that he told me years ago, he's like, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. I, uh, let's, I mean, I probably not too much. I try to go be quiet about my business or probably didn't hear too, too much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you might hear things from Benny or, I mean, well, you probably interviewed Sid first, first couple of weeks, right? Uh, you know, I did Sid a couple of years ago, actually. That's, I haven't oh, had Sid okay. on the show, but uh, it was uh, one of those things where, you know, we've been on so many bus rides together. I just, you know, remember a lot of things he's told me and <laughs> you just bring yeah. that stuff up. and For sure. Yeah. For sure. Can't believe I, you can't believe you remembered that. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you played with Nathan McKinnon real quick before I, forget about it it's like you played with a lot of the talent that you've played with on the junior level is crazy yeah so it's uh yeah I guess I I guess before that I can I'll explain to you kind of where I'm if we have no time limit and there's no it time seems limit. like but yeah so when I was uh I actually grew up playing um baseball and in hockey I was a better ball player really? um yeah, I was a I was a pretty good pitcher in in Ontario. Um, Italian last names make baseball great baseball names. <laughs> well, my my uncle played um, played for Team Canada in 1980, I think, with the Olympics. And then my uh, my dad holds the Ontario uh, Senior A baseball pitching record with like 110 wins. Like he played till he was 48 and he started playing when he was 22 or something crazy like that. So as this baseball was kind of the game where I was, I'm a bet a lot better ball player. Maybe some people can pick up on that. Sometimes when I'm standing at the blue line and the puck gets shot out and I'm just knock it down or <laughs> that's where, that's where all that, that hand eye comes that's from. Right. The, yeah. the baseball, but um, so I had to decide at 15 if I was going to play baseball or, or play hockey. And I, uh, hockey was my, my love. I liked baseball, but I hated, I hated when I, if I wasn't pitching, the game was lasting two, three hours. But when I was pitching, it was lasting an hour and a half. So oh. <laughs> it got to a point where it's just like, okay, I'll focus on hockey. And I played kind of double B growing up and yeah. didn't play in a triple A until my, uh, 
minor midget year and then um i actually got cut my minor midget year from uh from st Catharines, which is the other triple a center got cut then and then went and played high school hockey trip and triple a uh next year tried out for junior b in my hometown and got cut from there so i went and played high school hockey as my 16 year old year won on ontario championship i uh a Sarnia Sting scout actually saw me at play at the Ontario Championships. I got a walk-on tryout with Sarnia when uh, Nail Yakupov and Alex Galchenyuk were coming in, in their first year. And I actually made the team as a 17-year-old undrafted player. And uh, I said, no, I don't want to play on the team. And I was just like, what? Why don't you want to play in the OHL? I go, uh, I just want, I want to play. Like, uh, So I ended up going to play Junior B at 17 and then um after that played junior b 17 had a really good junior b year had about 25 30 different junior a ohl qmjhl teams contact me and decided to go to trenton based off of a uh recommendation from a guy who had the similar similar coach in uh from my hometown right and my coach was jerome dupont he played in, in the nhl for the blackhawks and and played for toronto was more of a more of a tough guy a very intense coach learned a lot from him and um i played for team canada east there and uh my first game team canada east i uh i ended up scoring a hat trick against czech republic maybe one of the goals was kind of about a, a fluke and the other two were legit shots. I, yeah, I'll, I'll give it that, but one of them for sure was a little bit of a fluke, but anyways, from that tournament, then I went and played Trenton and then I had all these, uh, it's very unusual for a guy to go major junior at 19 years old. Yeah. So I was planning on going to the NCAA, but I kept getting these, uh, I talked to about 20 different NCAA schools and they're just like, well, you know what? We, we came out of nowhere. Well, we're going to wait to, uh, we're going to wait and, and, uh, give you the scholarship from when you're, for when you're 20, I'm just like, ah, you know, I was kind of impatient. I said, Oh, I don't want to, I want to go to school now. I want to kind of get my life going. And anyway, so then I, uh, I went to the, cause I had a goal for myself to always move up. So I went from high school hockey to junior B to junior a to, okay, I can play at, major junior or university level now. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go do, I got a call from uh, a team in the USHL and I won't, I won't name any teams that I, this process. And then they said, yeah, you could be the import. Sure enough. I go down for training camp, do well, do well in the inner squad game, scored a couple goals and end up getting cut again. So I got cut at 15, 16, 18 years old. I'm just like, what is going on here? This seems like a common trend. So I, I go, okay, so I go back home, and then I had a school visit with a, uh, a school that's close to where I grew up in Niagara, and I went in there to, to tour the campus, and coach comes in and goes, yeah, we, we don't have any room on D, but you could be a forward. So then that's when I looked at my mom, and I said, you know what, mom, let's go. So then I said, I'm going major junior. And then at 19 years old, I decided to go to major junior, and then I called a guy who uh, – had connections through in the queue in the ohl and because i was undrafted to the ohl yeah i can basically go wherever i wanted yeah so um the the guy goes well where do you want to go and i go okay i want to go definitely to the queue maybe somewhere in the maritimes uh 
Halifax, they got that McKinnon and they got that Drouin. They're supposed to be <laughs> these top NHL picks. Like, I would love to go there if yeah. I can get a try it. Lo and behold, on Team Canada East, I played with Mackenzie Weger, who played in Halifax. So the Halifax GM was out in BC and watched me score the hat trick and said, for sure, we'll have that guy, right? <laughs> I go, right place at the right time. I go, awesome. That's sure. Let's let's go. So I kind of went out there and the guy goes, the GM at the time was Cam, is still Cam Russell. Yeah. He played in Chicago too, yeah, yeah. actually. And he goes, uh, okay, we'll get you out here, but you know, we're... We'll see if, uh, you know, your contract will we'll keep it in place if I like you. But, you know, things should be good. But if not, you know, we won't ruin your NCAA eligibility. you come for the 48 hours. So I went there after two practices. Okay, you're good to go. So I'm there practicing with, with McKinnon, Joanne, and, and Ferk. And oh. anyways, I, I was on the team, and we were doing well. Is it one of the same things too i kind of came in out of nowhere and i was doing really well and um then all of a sudden it's uh they said oh yeah we're not going to trade you and you know you're you're here and then uh well you know sometimes in hockey you can't believe everything that's that's said to you and then you know <laughs> like anything else <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny looking at it now i got traded for for murph right but um yeah so i got traded and then uh, went to Valdor and I was more culture shocked going to Valdor than anywhere because it like in Ontario, Canada, yeah, French is the second language, but you don't really learn French in Ontario. Maybe in Ottawa, but you know you know a couple words, but it'd be it'd be like me going to to Italy and not knowing any Italian and it's just kind of like oh okay I know a couple words but I don't really know Italian but I kind of do so but it, and it was just you're up north and you're living with these French billets and they were awesome don't get me wrong I loved them and but the kids don't speak any English and you just kind of <laughs> oh my god what's going on here and it's just a big eye opener and 20 French guys on your team and there's four English guys and it's just like Oh God, what's going on? So my first, my first half year was a big adjustment, but then my second year, it was just, it came in and you're just, okay, this is, this is cool. Like it doesn't even, didn't even matter to me at that point. I, you know, I could, now, so now when French guys talk in the room, I could understand. I go, watch out. I know what you're saying, right? Yeah. You've got a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them in the room now. (laughs) Yeah. I I was, I was talking with, uh, with Broads. Matthew Rodeur the other day, and he's like, oh, yeah, we got to watch out what we say around you. I go, yeah, you do, right? So, <laughs> you know, so it's uh, definitely benefited me. It uh, made me understand the value of a second language because right. even just even going to Italy, their first language was German, their second was Italian, their third was was English, and it was like that was a normality for yeah, just for a lot of people. I'm just like, oh, my God, I feel so incompetent just speaking <laughs> English, right? But no, so when I, for me, but getting put in that situation, it just kind of opened my eyes and, and you know what, my time in Valdor, I really enjoyed it. It uh, definitely was tough to begin with, but once you 
if you go in with an open mind in any any kind of those situations, sure. you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, I'm, this has been awesome. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. And uh, you know what? You look like you're you're just living the dream, baby. You you're just having <laughs> time. You're all alone. You can take naps. You can uh, watch whatever you want. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a lot of yeah. The thing that I find that I I tend to watch, and I don't know, as I get older, I love it more. I love watching uh, t like radio tv but on the tv bunch of guys sitting around like a podcast i love watching on tv this so i like to watch i usually catch the the herd with colin coward or uh skip and shannon in the morning like uh, or first take Stephen a whatever i i watch it so i'm really looking for i'm not a i'm from canada i don't really follow nfl football but yeah. i'm really looking forward to the draft i know everything that's going on right <laughs> Olivier Legault, huge football fan. Talk to him. Yeah, yeah. No, Legs has definitely uh, converted from uh, yes. being a northern uh, Quebec guy to a, to a guy from uh, Indiana, that's for sure. Oh, he's, yeah. got he, the, he's, he's big time. He's a big football guy now. So Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be American. He's got the, got the big vehicle. Uh, he's a big guy, right? He's, yep. uh, he just got, he's got to work on the accent a bit. A little but. bit, a little bit. We still make fun <laughs> yeah. of him, but it's still gets, it's a good time. <laughs> Yeah, no, so legs is legs is good stuff. So he owes me a pork belly, he said. The uh we had a shooting competition in practice today and I won it out of all the defense. So he goes, All right, winner gets the pork belly. So he's yeah, always he's cooking crazy something. With barbecue too. Yeah, he's yeah. he's totally come over to our side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think we could probably do this again. I mean, and have a whole other conversation. So uh, that's yeah, that's no problem. I'm full of stories, and like I said, I got a unique little uh, lineage of where I've been and stories I could talk about. So anytime you want, let me know. All right. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Was I lying? That was a great episode, right? Randy Gazzola. I want to thank him so much for joining us on this episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. We will have another one coming up very soon. Who will it be? I don't know. You'll just have to wait around and see who it is. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. Thanks for listening.